Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Scripture readings today come from Isaiah and James. Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon, They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance and with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. And the haunt of jackals shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it will be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous heart come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And the epistle lesson comes from the book of James in the fifth chapter. After all this exuberance in the Isaiah passage, we're going to hear something a little different. Be patient. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You must also be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, Beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. This is the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm the youngest of five siblings. And just as a A total aside, so is my husband, the youngest of five siblings. Hmm. 
I am much younger than the first four, who were all born within a six-year period, and I came five years later. I adored my siblings. I was so envious of their privileges and abilities. I could not wait until I was five years old so I could go to kindergarten. I couldn't wait until I was double digits at 10. I couldn't wait until I was 13 and a teenager, then 16 and could drive, then 18 and adult, and then it goes on and on and on my whole life, except for now. <clears throat> I couldn't wait to be whatever was coming next. I couldn't wait. Even as a child, I had a hard time appreciating wherever I was, always thinking about the next thing, mostly with excitement, but I also did a lot of mental rehearsing about how I should act whenever I got there, how I would act on the school bus, how I would act at a dance. Wherever and whatever was next, I was always there. In Advent, we are rehearsing for Christmas. Getting ready, planning, preparing for the coming of Jesus again into the world. But we well know by now that the time, by the time Christmas actually arrives, we are often up to our eyeballs in Christmas and ready for it to be over. I'm always struck by how many Christmas trees are on the curb, either that night of Christmas or the next morning. Most of our culture is in full-blown Christmas right now. This morning's scriptures demonstrate this tension between jumping into the promised future and waiting, even patiently, for the coming of the love, the Lord of love into the world so desperate for those gifts mentioned in Isaiah of love and justice, healing and hope. The Isaiah passage proclaims the coming of all we could hope for. Just safety, right? This is to the people in exile. Safety, redemption, restoration, and joy. And this is the Sunday in Advent of joy. And that's why we read that scripture, because the joy is amazing when streams come up in the desert. Who in the world, though, wants to wait for joy? <laughs> that kind of joy. Not me, and not anyone I know. But then the James passage tells us to be patient, like the farmer who sows their seeds and then must just wait for the rains, the early and the late rains, which I think is really interesting that it gives both of those. Like, that's not one and done with rain. And as a girl who grew up on a farm, I can tell you that's true. Wait with patience for something you have absolutely no control over. <clears throat> it's, is it either celebrate or wait? Well, it's a paradox but we're not usually at ease with paradoxical situations and often choose whatever is easier in the paradox. We tend to be an either-or culture instead of a both-and people and culture. We find it much easier to separate and divide 
than to hold what seems to be disparate truths and ideas together in one. Today I'm gonna to go with the both and route because that's what a paradox is. We can, both be, we can be both crazy excited for this amazing thing about to happen, so excited that we jump ahead into, into we jump into ahead of time, and we are called, even directed, to be patient with hope. Our faith is filled with these kinds of paradoxes. We worship an all-powerful, ever-present spirit God who comes to us in human form of a very young woman, unmarried and in poverty, who died a hideous death to rise to life, who welcomed the poorest leopards and dined with a rich Pharisee, who was and is fully human and fully divine. We can and do hold these things together in our faith. So I believe we can hold together <laughs> the strong pull into the moment of the realization of God's realm and stay here in the waiting and watching. The words in the James uh, passage are suffering and patience, although it is often translated as patient endurance of the current situation. We know that all too often, this passage and others like it have been used to excuse, promote, and solidify unjust powers and practices. It's not the right time to integrate schools. We're not ready for it. We're not ready to accept LGBTQ folks quite yet. We need more time and study. The world isn't really ready for a, a woman U.S. president. You must endure your abuse by your spouse, your culture, your law enforcement, your economy, or any number of things like this. Scripture gets used in bad ways sometimes. It is not appropriate to call for patient endurance of suffering where justice must be done. We understand that justice delayed is justice denied. But there are those things over which we have no control. For example, traffic jams at rush hour, how long it takes for paint to dry, or long processes that must be followed in order to have a good outcome, or the rain, or the passage of time itself. We have no control over that. I think this is the kind of waiting James is calling for. The simple waiting for a day to come, for the rain to come, for the plants to grow, for time to pass. James calls us to keep the long view in mind while we're right here, right now. Isaiah calls for a great celebration of a new day and James calls us to wait for patient, with patient endurance for that day. <clears throat> well, you remember how I was always waiting to be five and then 10 and then 13? I'm 62 years old now, and I know that getting to 65 in Medicare is not guaranteed to me, but I'm waiting. 
I know my husband Roger is even further away from that time when we could both retire. I'm definitely looking forward to those days, but I'm trying to be more present to the moment I'm living today. Living and loving the moment I'm in versus just waiting for the next thing. All contemplative practices of all religions, including Christianity, calls us to be present to this moment, to our breath, to our bodies, to the present. Be still and know that I am God. Being still is the only way I have found that I can really stay in the moment, in the present, and it is the most profound way for me to be present to God. When I am practicing stillness regularly and consistently, not only do I feel God's love within me during meditation, but I'm more aware of God's presence all day long. The thing I have most pursued and chased in my life, God's palpable presence, comes not from pursuit, but stillness. That's a paradox. <laughs> the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. was an early leader in the church-based social justice movement in the 1960s. In her book, Inward Journey, Journey Inward, Journey Outward, Elizabeth O'Connor tells of the early days of their commitment and work for justice. But they found there were schisms developing, anger, self-righteousness, and general turmoil amongst the members. They discovered that even their most laudable and faithful work for justice was not enough. In fact, it could not be sustained without spiritual, biblical, and reflective practice within the community. And Thomas Merton came to the same conclusion, but from the place of all that contemplation and prayer, that was not enough, that action was also called for in order to be truly faithful to the gospel. Both and, darn it, <laughs> both and. For the remaining two weeks until Christmas, I invite you to patient endurance, to be, to be still, to pray, and be present and find God now while we wait for God to come into the world on Christmas in Jesus Christ. Resist the countdown to Christmas. Despite the huge popularity of countdown calendars, which used to be called advent calendars, I don't know if you've noticed this, <laughs> but they're not called countdown calendars, this is meant for us to be in the present moment where God is already waiting for us, for our presence, waiting for us to bask even for just a few minutes a day in the everlasting, all-encompassing, deep, deep love of God. Amen. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. 
If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey. Thank you.